our 20s, there are lots of adulting questions and crises that we come across on a daily basis. It means you're constantly looking for new opportunities. Taking care of your mental health and life balance means you're questioning things like, do I really enjoy being an adult? Does it matter where I live? Am I happy? Is money that important? I'm Bal. I'm Mai. And in this new season, we'll share our thoughts and experiences through our journey to our late 20s. More special guests, more deep conversations. Welcome to the Am 22 Podcast, Season 2. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mai. We're back again. And finally, because we're waiting for this moment for a while, and I'm so excited to be back. Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to be here with you. Yes, welcome back to the podcast. I know you've been excited to hear from us and... I personally have been, you know, really excited to come back into the studio. It's been a month, right, since our last recording or I think two months, actually. Two months. Yeah. Wow, that's that's a really long time. So I'm just excited to get the season back. And we have a lot of exciting things in store for you. Interviews, conversations, topics that we did not cover in the previous season. And just just really excited. Yeah, well, we would just want to catch up with you a little bit. I think in these two months, a lot of things can happen. We're about to graduate. We're like a little in the crisis of handing in our thesis mm-hmm. and stuff. But um, honestly, like there is a lot of things and I feel like I haven't get to know myself that much like in the past two months. Like and that's why I think we also decided to pause. Like personally, I think it is important to take a break and to listen to your body when you feel that you need to slow down. And I know it's too soon to get maybe in a deep mode and stuff, but in April, we were all going through a hard time, at least like in our community. And the process of healing for everyone, we realized it was very, very different. And in my case, I felt that the world stopped and like the whole month didn't happen or like the whole month felt like a year. And that was completely new for me. Like, I don't know if you have experienced something like that where you say like the, the world keeps moving and you see everyone just passing by but you are not moving at all. I feel like that's the feeling we all experience as a community through the pandemic, right? It's like the days yeah. are passing, but it feels like there was that two years where you don't know where time went and you don't know what you were doing exactly. So I think that's something that I experienced. And April, I mean, for me, April was a month that was very challenging academically because we had, you know, a lot of exams and we were all going through trying to figure out like what our next steps was in terms of what are we doing after graduation in our practicums like and process yeah, of going through and it our too. practicums and also in our personal lives like lots of things have happened so yeah and you know like i think my biggest like outcome or takeaway from those two months was like just listening to my needs and you know like sometimes you feel like you have to figure it out but i was just like talking to my partner and to friends and i was like one minute i used to feel like i need to be alone and one minute after I was like, no, no, I don't want to be alone. I can't be alone. And then anxiety comes in and like you start to question, you can't stop your mind from stuff. And I know it's part of the healing process. But when you go through a hard period of time or through a hard situation, I think there's two ways that you decide where to go. If you see it in a mentality of a winner or a mentality of a loser, and I would define each one. It's like a winner would think like from any hard situation you decide and you're conscious that there's something that you're going to learn from it and it's going to take you somewhere as a person. It's going to take you somewhere professionally. You don't know at that moment, but you just know that this has to happen or had to happen for you to be somewhere or for you to learn something new. And the mentality of a loser is like when a hard chalking moment or like just a hard economically in any sense of your life comes and steps into your life, 
you say like I can't I don't want to do, deal with this I need to take a break from everything for a short or long period of time and I don't want to deal with this so which is both are valid I think it's just going through this stage of where you are but I'm grateful that at least from the education I had from my family they were like very direct and like what why are you in Spain What? Why did you go there? What are you expecting from it? How are you going to work on that? You know, like, where are you putting yourself in this uh, position? So, yeah, what about what is your thoughts about like the type of mentality we can take in terms of our process of a hard situation? Yeah, I think just to ground our listeners a bit, like there was, um, you know, a lot of stuff that was happening in the community here in April that was not necessarily too positive, And it really left a huge impact on, you know, us and people around us and Some of us were directly involved in the incident. So there was a lot of healing that that was happening in April. And I feel like, you know, this process is still going on for yeah. a lot of people. I think I, I was not a, like directly impacted by this, but I feel like healing for me when I need to heal, it comes in the form of trying to go outside of my comfort zone and escaping the reality. So back to season one, I've always loved traveling. And it's still the case where I sometimes I just take you know, a random trip to somewhere by myself or with with some of my friends to really connect with myself and heal by by kind of absorbing new information, like new information about places, about cultures and about people. So that's how I heal. And you talked about it, which was a really good point about mentality is really, you know, realizing that why are you here and using that as your guiding stone to push through some of these struggles, push through the hard moments and The reason that we're all here at Berkeley is because we want to, you know, to obtain education, to be at the next step in our careers and our lives. But then obviously along the way, there are things that are happening that you, you never thought would happen and things that make you rethink about, you know, why you're here or adjust the purpose a little bit so that it is more fitting to where you are at your stage right now. Like I'm sure for me, it was with the incident that happened, it made me open my heart around Uh, a lot more and become more compassionate towards other people, checking in on people, making sure they're okay. And then also being in tune with myself and seeing where I am and checking in with myself. Obviously, I'm not doing too good of a job at various points because I tend to put others first. And I think that's what a lot of us as creatives do is that we put you know, our art first, we put other people's first and we want to satisfy everybody. We want to make everybody happy. Everybody in the crowd is like having fun, but then they're always like those critics who don't like you, those haters and things like that. So I think it's just really important for, for us to take a moment to kind of step back and align ourselves with what's happening and you know, adjust our goals if need be. I think there's always going to be situations in a community. If it's like if you're studying your undergrad, just starting your master's degree, if you're doing any certificate or whatever that involves having a community around you. There's always going to be something that is out of your control. And sometimes, even as Mai was saying, like if you're not directly involved, if you're like indirectly involved or somehow, there's always an impact on you. And I think it's a decision also to see how you're going to be checking on yourself and checking on other people. As Mai was saying, I'm also the type of person that's going to always put someone else before me. And in this process of these months, I've been questioning every decision I make or every comment I make because I'm like checking in on people has been one of the biggest impacts this situation has had on me. Like, I need to check on my beloved ones so many times in a day. And I, and I accepted and I told them, like, this is what's going on. This is how, what, how it's going to happen after this. Because I need to go through that healing process in my way. And my way is checking in on people. 
maybe I don't check on myself yeah, as much okay. as I, I would do, but I'm learning. And this particular situation pushed me more to do that. So how would I connect more with my inner peace, you know, because definitely when you're going through something hard, there is no peace. I was talking to my therapist and I was like, you know, like, I think I'm fine, but I can shut down my mind at night and I just can't. And like, it just keeps spinning. And he was like, okay, maybe you can practice um, some grateful like exercises, which is like, which is going to keep you grounded or like present. Because for me, like when something impactful happens in your life, you are living in a constant loop and you're not, you're not on your right time, which is your present. He told me like, okay, so the way that a healing process or a trauma works is that your timeline is not going to be running on the right time, which is the 24 hours. You're going to lose consciousness on time. And I remember I never knew which day I was. I didn't know how much time had passed until after finals, which was by the end of mid, mid-May, I would say. Yeah, I realized. And I also like, as I was saying, life stopped for me. So I talked to my profession and say like, you know what? I can't work now. Like, I can't. So I'm going to be behind two weeks. And until I felt that finals were coming, that weekend before finals were coming, I catch up on everything. And there was no way I would push myself before that. Like if we had more time, I would probably be behind four weeks, you know. But the outcome and the, what I'm proud of by saying this is that I put myself first and not my work for the first time in my life. And that's how I think I'm finding my inner peace at this point. And I think that's how people in any situation can find inner peace. It's just listening to your body. You might need something in one minute. And I communicate to you, hey, I can't be because I did told my like I can't be alone like there was a couple of weeks that I was like I can't stand being alone it's scary like it's scary I'm scared of my thoughts and we figure it out somehow you know and then 10 minutes later maybe I need to be alone you know and, and that's that's the most annoying part but I think listening to and connecting what are your needs and people knowing because I think I was very transparent and I think you were also very transparent and people around us was like you know I would really appreciate to go out for a coffee mm-hmm. yeah and I think like maybe we could bring up the the different the little project that we did when the experiment, the social yes. experiment. So that was so nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's part of this Berkeley project where we had Yvette Noel Shore, who's Beyonce's publicist. She came in and I think she did a residency with us for a couple of days. Yeah. And so our task was to, I guess, like reinterpret a song that was either Afrobeat, Soka or... Um, I can't remember what the other genre was, but we had to reinterpret that song and film like a music video or video component for it. So our group kind of chose the song called People by Libyanka because we really thought that that was, you know, a song that resonated with the community at the time and what we were all going through. And we we thought about this thing. I think I came up with the idea because I've been watching a lot of these social experiments of you know, people holding signs on the streets and whatever it says and seeing how people react to it. So we decided to to have Val hold a sign that says I need a hug to see if people were reacting to it. And it was quite surprising because I was I was thinking like, oh, maybe we'll have to stand here for a little bit for people to start gathering and reading and reacting to this. But it took like, I don't know, it was super fast. We got all the footage we needed in 30 minutes and Val was in tears and <laughs> we were all in tears because it was such a precious moment. You never would see this, you know, from the community and you could actually feel in that moment the power of the community and how compassionate they are and the different reactions to this as well, because not everyone's going to react to, you know, this experiment in the same way. But that is the whole point of the process. So, 
Yeah, it was super cool, right? Yeah, I think that if I ever leave Spain at some point and like not come back to live here because we're planning to stay here, I think that is one of the most beautiful times and moments I've had in my life till now. Like, you know, I, I, I talked to Mike because I was not feeling motivated to do this project at the beginning. I was like, this is the worst timing. Like, I can't spend a day without crying. Like, it was just not the right moment for us. But what we decided as a team was to do something that was meaningful. And also giving a message which which was checking in on our loved ones and just the people around you, you know, because you never know. So I remember like I told Miriam, like I have no intention of acting during the the other processes of, of the video. You can also you can watch it on our social media. We'll share it on, on the 22 uh, this week so you can actually see it on the stories and find it. I just like trying to connect with myself and my emotions. And it was very scary for me because I honestly don't like people seeing me crying. Unless it's someone that's really close and stuff. So I was like shaking with the small paper and I was like, I hope no one comes and hugs me. You know, like that was like my, my thoughts the first time. And then the first person that comes to me, which honestly, like in, in Valencia, we have people from everywhere. So she was not a person from Spain, definitely. So she comes to me and she tells me like, what's wrong? I broke up in tears, you know, I just, I just needed the hug. But if someone, a stranger, like notice in my face that something is going on, which I think it's pretty easy to notice because I am very expressive. It, it was just like very important. Like why would a stranger want to know what's going on and why you need a hug? You know, it's so easy for strangers to just come and like, okay, I'll give you the hug, you know? I don't know, surprisingly, the first person that came to us just wanted to generally know and say like, you know, you're not alone. Clearly, you're not from Spain, but you're not alone. So that was like, I, it took me one second to break, <laughs> to break down, you know? And yeah, but I think, you know, honestly, crying is not a bad thing. Like we should not normalize crying, but I feel like it's so necessary in our lives to have those moments where you feel all the emotions that you need to feel. And I remember, especially like when you're talking about the piece where someone says something to you and it just triggers this memory or like this part of you that you want to react to so bad and you end up crying. And I remember when I was growing up, especially in Asian households, we're, you know, kind of taught by, you know, tiger parents, if you would say. And, you know, people don't often say words of affirmation. They don't say, you know, good job, this and that. I mean, my parents are amazing because my dad's like super, you know, open about it. And he would congratulate me and say I did things well and whatnot. And also, you know, they're just incredible people so they do that but a lot of like asian parents don't tell you that you do good job they always aspire you to do better and sometimes a is not enough like my dad would always ask me like oh you got a 10 on this exam but explain to me why you got a 10 and that kind of like i mean dad like you just killed my my fire there <laughs> but um it, it is true because you know there are certain expectations and certain standards and i do get it but one day he was just, you know, telling me like how proud of me he was and all these things. And it actually made me cry because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so used to you, like, you know, giving me criticism. You kind of like teaching me the hard way and the tough way. And so when you actually tell me like I'm doing a good job, it's like your ears don't believe it. You know, you're like, oh my God, this is actually happening. And if, you know, when I get back to my room, I just feel like, you know, so good. And, and it felt like, a good kind of cry because it's it's like finally you get this acknowledgement but you had to work really really hard for it and then in your case it was you know it was just the stranger coming up to you 
and, you know, showing you compassions, trying to, to see if they can help. And I feel like, you know, because of that experience and overall just a lot of things happening, I also made it part of my routine to, to check out on people, see how they're doing, even if they're, they're not super close to me geographically, they might be in a different continent. But it kind of made me think, oh, like, what's, what's my friends from high school doing, from middle school doing? Like, how are my family at home doing and things like that? So I'm glad we kind of went through that experience. I know it wasn't the easiest time for you. I think it was nice to have it as a healing process, you know, like, but also it was very interesting for me because there were like these um, couple of women that came to me and made this comment, like, because I need one too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, this is part of also checking who also needs a hug. I mean, honestly, I didn't need a hug. Like, I think that because I knew a hug would break me down so easily that that was the least Maybe thing. Maybe could I offer wanted. a handshake next time. Let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my hand will be like shaking, you know. But um, I think, I mean, I did need them in my heart. But I, I just knew that I would break up in tears. And like, but that was like the idea. We just wanted something genuine that would give an impact on the topic, which was checking on our people. So that was just one of the most cute times and like beautiful times where I said like, because, you know, when you're going through something hard, and especially this, this is my first time, like, out of my country, living, like, it was, what, already, like, eight months out of, out of Mexico. And the first thought I had is, like, I can do this. I need to go back home. Why? Because you think that your support system is very different, you know? I mean, you do have a support system. I'm grateful to have you. I'm grateful to have my boyfriend. I'm grateful to have other friends. But it's completely different because in that sense, all you want is to be like hugged by your family and be like a little kid. And I'm not enjoying being an adult at this point, like where I'm going through a trauma that I want to go back home. And again, that's that was my mentality of being a loser for a couple of days or a couple of times where I felt really tempted to go and very, very frustrated. But then you start to going back to where and why and, you know, like just the purpose of why you, you are here and I think this process, especially this project, and I'm really happy that I shared that with you, it made me realize that I didn't have to go back home because I was not alone. Like, yeah. that's the best part of it all that it was for me. I'm like, okay, I can do this. If I stand up <laughs> with, uh, and give like, and receive, I don't know, like, I don't, I don't even know how much hugs I received, but I remember like there was this woman that also like do a, a small praying uh, part with me. And like, so, I, you know, like, it was not, it was just very unexpected and people gathering and stuff so i was like there are strangers but i'm not alone and this is also healing for me i don't know how because you know it's not something it's deep but it's more physically it's another love language you know so it does has an impact on how you take it yeah i mean you just never know what people are going through and even i can't say fully what i'm going through right now and you know, so I think it's a universal thing where people, everyone is struggling in different ways at different times. And, um, you know, if our podcast can be of any help to you and our experiences really resonate with you, you can definitely let us know. Or if you want to share, leave us messages. We, we love to be a part of the community and we think, you know, it's so important to have a support system there for you in place and of course like if you don't know us or are not like directly our friends we're just very know, friendly yeah we're very <laughs> friendly you can definitely text us and again like you're not alone like part of what i was still in mind that's very important for us is being transparent because sometimes our needs we are projecting them in a different way and also i feel like it is important to talk about hard things or like un- aqu- having awkward conversations is that how you would call it because we need 
to mature and learn from what we go through, whether it's something good, whether it's something b bad. But the question is, what's next? How am I going to react to this? I think it's still a decision. I think it's part of the mentality. And it, you're allowed to want to go back home for a couple of days. You're allowed to be like, how do we say? I feel like a bean. Like, I was just, my eyes couldn't cry anymore. Like, it hurt. And I was just like, I, I can't. I don't want to anymore. But it's okay to go through that and realize that, okay, I've let myself have my emotions. What's next? How am I going to take back my power? How am I, what am I going to do with this? What is my main takeaway? How am I going to impact my community in a positive way of taking care of each other, of being, I don't know, like caring more about the mental health of everyone and just like, you know, connecting with more people and doing it more in a more open and transparent and emotional way, I think. How, like, have you ever um, experienced a moment where you say like, this i need to take back my own power of like my feelings because you know it's hard to realize how much time you pass in a state of mind or like in an emotion that takes like a long process to change as it's healing as it's going to a trauma as it's going to i don't know break up you know it can be in any any sense of your life but have you ever said to yourself because i have said it so many times like i need to take back my power because i've give i gave it to someone else in sense of how it impacts your emotions Oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know if I have a, the right answer to this, but I guess what we can borderline talk about is boundaries. Like how yeah. to how do you set boundaries for for yourself? And I think right now most most relevant to me is the topic of work and overworking and all these things. I was talking to someone the other day and he was like, "I like you. I like that you like to overwork yourself." And I was like, I, oh, oh man, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but I, I do have a lot of passion for like the music industry and, you know, like helping Asian artists and things like that. And I just want to go to all ends and, and see where I can go because I feel like the sky is really the limit for us. And, you know, to all my Asians out there, keep on doing what you're doing. But he, he said that and it made me realize like, my, you need to like actually set some, some professional boundaries as well. You know, you can't, take on all these projects or are you going to burn out or allow down the line you won't be able to do well on all these things so it kind of made me think about you know do I want to come off as someone who is just overworking because that's not what I'm trying to do like I want to come off as someone who is passionate about the industry who is willing to to be the change and will and excited to have all these changes and make these changes happen but I don't want to be overworking myself and I think that puts a lot of my um, productivity and my a lot of my missions in the wrong place because I have missions on what I want to do with my life, you know, the things like jobs and things like that. But I don't want it to be just like working, working, working. And when I'm just working and I don't have time to even think about why I'm doing this work, what is important about it, who am I serving? I think that's a disservice to to my passion. And I feel like, you know, those are some of the moments that I I needed to take a step back and retrieve some of these passion that I'm putting out and I'm always like giving people energy and giving it back to myself and resituating myself so that I can do a better job. I think with that, because we're we're very used to working, this takes me back to our episode wearing too many hats. Like we are definitely not stopping doing that for a while, I guess, until we like figure out what's next for the next decade, probably for our late 20s, as we were saying. I don't know. But I think that's why we also enjoy a lot traveling because a part of connecting with your inner peace, like on a daily basis, is 
being in peace with your routine and like your decisions and like making sure you have enough space in a day for you to reflect or like just be alone and have your own time right but i think in part of traveling is just also about having a nice moment in a new place um with someone or just you on your own or just connecting with nature and sometimes like also you need to go out of the city and go to a more calm place Or sometimes, Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, because I was talking about that with someone and I was like, you know what? At this moment, I don't need silent. I need to go to a big city, you know? It's also about what do you need, but I guess part of the reason why we enjoy it is because it forces us to slow down in some way. I know you went to Stockholm and we had a meeting like around, what, 9 p.m.? That's yeah. like, that's something we shouldn't do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just about the timings. But I think that's why we actually really enjoy traveling because it forces us somehow in a nice way to slow down and have a little more conscious on our time on a daily basis. Yeah, it does. Because, I mean, as much as I would like to say I can travel and work at the same time, that definitely was not the case when I was gone to Italy and then I came back and then I went to Beyonce's concert in Barcelona. I came back for less than 12 hours and then got on a plane to Stockholm in the span of a week and a half. So I think I had made some questionable decisions in terms of how all the scheduling lined up. But it definitely, it definitely really helped me connect with my inner peace because I was forced to just not do work for a whole week. Not in a good way, but I did manage to finish my thesis in two days, um, which is, I don't know how I did it. Um, shout out to all my advisors who kind of supported me and withstood my craziness. But yeah, I think like whenever I go traveling, it kind of puts you in the mood of discovery or like exploration where you actually have to pay attention to your surroundings and you know you're on your phone but it's just for navigation you know you have to you want to be there and soak in all the knowledge and it's quite peaceful to be in a in a place that you don't really know too much about i think also this brings up something else i need i need to ask this question when was the last time you spent time alone without anything like You know, without your phone, without like, when was the last time even you had lunch without watching something? Like, do you usually give yourself this silent and this like 100% my moment on a day? Well, no, because I'm always like doing something or there's always like notifications on my phone. But actually this past week I was in Stockholm and my friend uh, took me to this conference and I was just sitting in the middle of the Royal College of Music in Stockholm for some weird reason. And I was sitting there. The sunlight was really pretty. So I was soaking in the energy. And in front of me were these five old grannies playing cards. And I kid you not, they were just so into their games. And, and, and they played cards for four hours straight. At some point, I took out my laptop and I started doing things. But it just felt like, wow, this is the first time I'm actually jealous of these old grannies who have nothing else in life but to focus on their card games and on having a good time with each other in a really beautiful place. And it actually made me feel quite, like, alone, to be honest, because I was like, wow, I haven't been this alone by myself in a while. And my background noise is now not music, but, like, the chattering of old grannies and their cards in French. Um, and so, I, I don't know, it, it made me realize that, hey, Mai, you actually do need some time alone And I started like messaging some of my friends. I'm like, bro, this is so weird. I feel so, so alone and I don't know what to do. And they were all saying it's because you've worked too hard. And also the social aspect of your life is music. Your work life is music. Everything is music. 
And without music, you know, what are you? They were asking me. And, and it made me kind of think, like, what am I without music? Do I have other interests outside of music? And I, these days, I, I can't really say what are my interests outside of music. So I think when I graduate, I'll definitely try to take a few steps back and see, you know, who is the my that, you know, who is my without music? Can she do other things? Is she interested in other things? That's very, that's a very nice question to have. And especially after graduation, when you are like going on a blank page again and regretting like your new future. I think like this Monday, you know, I think we're forced to go to the beach sometimes if you're going like to get into the water without things because usually they get stolen. But I just missed a lot swimming and the water just got nice last week. So on Monday, I decided to go to the beach because I realized the water was like getting a little warmer and I just missed swimming. Like I used to go to swimming on my undergrad and in here, like there's not like much pools, but we have the beach, right? So I just had like this gap of two hours and I was bothering random people like, hey, what time is it? It felt so weird. Like I, I think I've never left my phone at home like ever. Like, but this was like the first time. I mean, I know in Mexico it's not probably to happen, but I just was very conscious like this is the first time I go out leaving my phone, it feels very weird. But at the same time, since I was connecting with nature, and it was also sort of a date, um, I realized like <laughs> I had enough time to connect with myself, even though I was not alone. Like it just felt like the best way to start a week. And I was like, why I don't do this that often? Like why? And, and last night it was the same thing. Like I, it was, I don't, I don't know, like around midnight and I was not sleeping and I just felt guilty of not being working and i was like this is not okay like i need to take these breaks i need to connect with nature as you said what is what is our version without music because i think our lives completely revolve right now around music maybe a little bit of traveling but also it's not that often so what is the next constant that we have that helps us find ourselves in a different way and in a different ambience because music is always like even though everyone does different things it's kind of similar so Another deep questioning, because I was questioning this to myself today, actually, is do you consider that you are happy right now? I don't know. I mean, I think overall, I'm quite happy with my growth because, you know, now we're at the point where we're assessing our growth and it's near graduation and all that. So I'm generally really proud of myself for the growth that I have made in terms of professional knowledge, network experiences i have a lot of really cool projects lined up and you know work opportunities as well so i'm really grateful for that and grateful for myself to you know that i'm able to make all of this happen i know it rome wasn't built in a day and you know all of this was definitely built overnight and i think i can say that i worked really hard for it but there are some parts of my life that i i feel like could definitely be better um i feel like i i would love to be more in tune with my my needs like romantic needs or family needs i want to connect with that a lot more and it's been taking a back seat for a little bit because people tending to people does take a lot of your energy and um there's a taboo these days about dating how you're you know you're interested in this person and many people at the same time i feel like that's not really necessarily my my style because You know, I, I would like to just focus my energy on one thing at a time, even though when I'm, you know, working professionally, there are multiple projects, but it's, it's kind of like finding the right person to, to focus your energy on is a struggle among Gen Z. And I hope like, you know, that changes because being able to love yourself, 
you also can share that love with other people. And I feel like when I'm giving, like I'm giving back to the community by volunteering or I'm taking care of someone by cooking them a meal or like I'm, you know, jamming with other people. Like that's also a way that I, I feel really happy. And it's just, I, I just haven't had time to, to be able to do all of that. Okay. I, I think I vibe a lot with your, with your scene of how determining if you're happy or not. And like the factors that get into that for you to notice if you're not. I think for me, and if I get a little deep, as, as I try to always do, <laughs> you know, happiness for me is an overall. I think we, if we think of it as on a daily basis, I think there's a lot of emotions that we can experience in a day that can have an impact on this overall, which is like, if I woke up late and I didn't hurt my alarm, you would wake up grumpy. I think there's always like this perspective that I try to have, which is like, I'm grateful for having another day. Maybe I'm going through something hard, but I'm still here. Like I still managed to make my dream of coming to Spain and being studying at Berkeley. I try to merge hard times with being grateful, you know. Sometimes it's harder than other days. But at the same time, I try to stay grounded in like, okay, even though my day didn't start the right way, like yesterday I had no electricity and I was planning to cook tacos and, you know, having the time to cook tacos and like, it's tough for me right now because we're very busy with the tenses. So that was something that I was like, I really want to do this in the morning. And I had no electricity. I couldn't cook because the stove is electric and stuff. So I was like, okay, you decide until which way things that happen out of your control are going to affect you on a daily basis. And this daily basis affects the overall, which is if you're happy or not. And also, I think like what you were saying is like, how am I impacting other people? How am I helping my community? How am I, I don't know, like in, in this way of feeling and my mental health, because no negotiables for me and for my happiness is definitely now my mental health i think that's the thing i'm trying to prioritize above all and and that i think everyone should actually do that so it's about the impact it's about your learning it's about the decision of how much you're gonna let something affect you that's out of your control but also if it's on your control i think maybe it helps you to be more conscious about okay i fucked up in this but i can take this other way so i think perspective really impacts your definition of happiness and i try to have like this very plentiful perspective that no matter what happens i'm gonna let myself have the emotions i need to have in the moment but it doesn't determine if i'm not happy anymore because for me like i think we are blessed and i want to stay around that concept and using your gifts also like everyone has a different gift someone you are amazing with the piano you can touch emotionally with people around the instrument people that sing, people that are amazing with the, like, I don't know, uh, art in other ways, you know, and using those gifts also has an impact on the level of happiness you're gonna have. So I think there's like an overall, I'll try to say that, yes, I am happy and I'm still working on all these things and learning from all these things, but I have my boundaries on how much I'm gonna let my daily basis take this happiness down, you know, so it's not a constant. It's yeah. not like, it's always a climbing. There is no fall. There is no coming back. It needs to be a climbing. I might stop, but it still needs to go up, you know? I feel like I don't know if this concept is a thing, but as you were talking, I was thinking, can we like build happiness? Because I feel like as human beings, we're, we're so ambitious and we, we, we have a lot of needs and we're never like truly happy. We're never truly complacent. We're satisfied, right? We're satisfied, yeah. complacent with where we are at at the moment, whatever it is. So I think it's also building like you need to build yourself up to the point where you can just be happy as is 
and accept the things, and, right? And accept yeah. like you know the things that are happening right now. Before closing this episode, I need to talk about the experience we had because you know you probably already started seeing our promo for this season and stuff. We had such a nice experience. We went to this Pinterest uh, Instagram Instagramable. I don't know how to say it. Um, building in Calpe, which is called Muralla Roja, and we had a really nice time there. I think. Although we traveled for a professional purpose, as we are very used to, we are still traveling friends mode. So we got uh, a really, really nice experience and f many fun takeaways. Like I was bullying Mai all the time. <laughs> I think I'll still bully her for the rest of her life about the mood. But I think we should just share like our experience of so excited to get back to this project that we really appreciate and love. Because for me, it means a lot just to have this space to share. But we did it in a fun way and we did it in an exciting way. And we just tried to push ourselves back to it, to something that we enjoy. So what does that represent for you a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I think it's, it's like making work fun, right? How do you make your work as fun as possible? And obviously we're here as like business partners and co-hosts and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we're friends. And we started this because we had this idea that we wanted to share more with the world. And we were able to combine our skills in different things. And I, I feel like I really didn't know too much about the Calpe or Muraroja before I went there. So it was a really cool experience to just be there, to soak in the energy. And literally, we, we were lost a couple of times. Oh, yes. It was huge. <laughs> quite, the, quite the experience. But it was so fun just unplugging and focusing on being our best selves. Like, I, I really... You know, it, it's not normal every day you wake up and you're like, oh, I feel very beautiful. I feel like, you know, I'm excited to, to wake up today. It's not every day. But I felt like, oh, my gosh, you know, my pictures turned out really good. I She's obsessed with herself. <laughs> I'm not obsessed with myself, but right, I do appreciate when pictures turn out good, right? So yeah. they turn out really good. Like yeah. we are very excited to share all the cover arts for our episodes. We are excited yeah. to share all this Shout experience. Shout out to our photographer. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Augusta was <laughs> was amazing. Like we we can wait to have her back because actually it was also nice to get to know her more. Like I, she made a photo shoot for me before, but I didn't get to know her and talk like a lot. We got into the cold water. You know, there was a um, a pool on the upper part of the building, and we just decided to throw ourselves there. You know, like there's some some experiences that there's no way. Like I feel like this trip was meant to be somehow. We got such cool pricing to go there for a night we got such a beautiful apartment and we just out of nowhere decided to travel a sunday and a monday and like taking this yeah. bus and a couple with my horrible planning as usual the day before i had this long showcase <laughs> yeah. uh, it was it was absolute top notch planning from my but i'm glad i i'm usually the type that follows through with all of my my crazy schedules and i don't know how i do it but I'm glad I have that trait in me. So if you need someone to actually push you to do things and travel, and, and I agree to it, then we're definitely going to travel. I think we definitely have this mentality of like, no matter how few time we have to get something done, we try to live the best moment bef before. Because getting stressed about the deadline, you know, for me now, it's like, that is stupid. Like, I'm still going to do it. Even if it's the night before, I'm still going to do it. And why? Because I decided to do it the night before. So I'll take my responsibility. So, you know, I'm this strict and hard with myself, but I enjoy it because, I mean, it was not the best days to travel. Honestly, we were very tired. We got up very early, too, but we were excited about it. So that's something that was non-negotiable for me. 
I'm not changing this. Like, no matter how hard the time is, we got it planned, we're doing it. And that's something I also admire about you. Like, if you see her calendar, I'm always going to talk about her calendar because it's like the craziest <laughs> thing, craziest calendar I've ever, ever seen. She just, what she has scheduled, she gets it done, you know? And that's some, something that maybe not everyone can be able to do, but I'm glad we're the type of person that we're committed. And even if we sometimes reschedule stuff, we always get it done. So I push you guys, if you're like planning on a new project and stuff, to meet, meet like yourself in these experiences, but also in your deadlines and like trying to not get a stress about it, but taking responsibility of your decisions. I think it's the, the main takeaway. So just by our final thoughts about connecting with your inner peace and not just like seeing it as a main takeaways of this episode, I would say listen to your needs, but also communicate your needs, no matter if they change in a couple of minutes. And if you're confused, you're allowed to be confused. You're allowed to make your own decisions of what you need, what you want, if you want to be alone, if you want to be with someone. I think the support system, building it, it's very important. And you are not alone. Like, just repeat your, this to yourself. I'm still repeating it to myself every day. And my friends know me well, so they also repeat it. So having this support system is very, very helpful. Push yourself to transform a hard moment or a nice moment into something that could be art, that could be a story time you have with your friends. How can you share it, you know, in a way that it's also good for yourself? Mental health is non-negotiable. Don't ever change, like, unless it's like, you have no option, but don't ever change therapy sessions for something that is a passenger in your life or like something that is a project or, a you know, like anything that is not as important as prioritizing your mental health. Connecting with your gifts, as my last takeaway would be, is very important for you to remind yourself who you are, what is your li mission in life at this moment, because it can change. Having a nice relationship with yourself, with your body, with your gifts, with your feelings, it's going to help you find a balance on your inner peace. And there is no way like that is only on you. We can't be afraid of our thoughts. It's only on you. So, you know, giving yourself this space putting yourself in situations when you're alone maybe not with your phone but connecting with nature makes you question these type of things just keep it in mind i would say yeah i mean i have nothing else to add to that on the topic of a committed we're really committed <laughs> to giving you a great season two so i hope you tune in and share this further to your network it would really help us um, because we're trying to provide value to the community and the more this this community grows the more you know, uh, we, we hope that, you know, our community can also benefit from a lot of the things that we're sharing. So thank you again for tuning into the first episode, connecting with your inner peace, and we'll see you next time. Don't miss our special guests because we're going to have more guests yes. this season. And don't forget to engage also in our social medias. So <laughs> see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.